All right, quiz time. Who can tell me about the very first sermon I preached here? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. There was someone, now I never named the person, but after the service was over, there was some folks who came up to me and said, hey, I know who that story was about. Does anybody remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely a sinner, definitely a sinner. Hank Williams, Jr. I I didn't tell everyone who it was that particular day, but some of you, I recognized the story, and what had happened was Hank Jr. spent the most of his life growing up being pressured into being someone that he wasn't. Daddy passed away. Mama put him in his daddy's clothes, put him out on the road singing daddy's songs, and Hank had this horrible time identifying himself. And life got so bad for him one time that he didn't know what to do. He went up to Montana, was going to hang out with some friends, and climbed a mountain called Ajax Mountain. And while he was there... He slipped and fell off the side of the mountain and almost died. And he said that uh, during his time of waiting for rescue, that two people were present. Jesus Christ and his daddy. Hank came down from that mountain, decided he's going to live his life for himself and since got right with Jesus and found his way. I thought about that when we were listening to the song here. I don't know if many of you know, but Hank Jr.'s father was very popular, and that was one of his songs. It didn't get a lot of commercial play in the early days, but it became popular throughout the decades. It's a very powerful song about a man's experience with Christ. Today's today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 5 through 11. The Word of God says that Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the deep, and that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. For if we declare with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Father God, we come before you and Thank you for this time that you have given us to be here today. And, Father, I just ask that you be with me during this time of the service to give me words to speak. Father, give us words that are hopeful and inspiring and bring guidance to our lives. Empty me and fill me with your spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
It is so awkward to me sometimes coming into a, a church and speaking about certain artists that I grew up listening to. People like Hank Williams Jr. or even Hank Williams. If you saw Facebook this morning, I noticed when I got here, my wife had posted something funny. It was a uh, Van Halen video where Van Halen was singing one of their songs, but to the music that Hank Williams Jr. was playing on his guitar. It was pretty funny. I thought it was. Erin thought it was, too. She put a big laughing face beside it. But, you know, when I was coming up, one of the preachers in my area, I was talking with her, and she was talking about the Beatles and other, well, back in her day, contemporary musicians who would bring forth social issues and music, and, and they would preach about them. But I always found it awkward talking about some of the uh, country musicians, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because the lifestyles they live, and when we think about their lifestyles and we think about church, we think that they kind of clash together. That how could God use someone like that to deliver his message? And sometimes I think that we experience that in our own lives when God calls upon us to, to, to live out the gospel or to deliver his message or do anything else that he calls us to do. Maybe we think that we're not worthy. But I want to tell you about Hank Williams for just a minute. Many of you know that he was inebriated the majority of his life. He quit school when he was a young boy to help supply food for his mother. He learned to play guitar from a, from a black man named Rufus on the street in Alabama. And he began drank, drinking at a very early age. He died when he was 29 of a heart attack on the way to a concert. He was known to, to stand up shows quite often that the night that he died, the, the driver called the auditorium and told them that he had passed away. And when the manager went out on stage and announced to the audience, they began laughing because they thought it was just another excuse that he had brought forward to explain his absence. But one night, he was leaving a concert in Alabama, heavily under the influence of alcohol. And his mother was driving him home. And, and, and on the way home, they passed an airport. I think it was called Dally Field. And, and there was a, a light that would shine from that field so that the airplanes could, could see how to land. And she leaned back and she, she yelled at Hank. She said, we're almost home. I can see the light. And it was then that he woke up and penned the, wor the words to the song, I Saw the Light. It's amazing, isn't it? That God can speak through someone in that condition in a way that the words are passed down from generation to generation to generation and still remain effective today. Moses writes that 
writes this about righteousness, that it is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say to your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down or who will descend to the deep, and that is to bring Christ up. And what Moses is saying here, actually what what Paul is saying here in reference to Moses is this. Moses brought into the world the law. God spoke to him. Before Moses, there wasn't law according to God. There was just life. Now, governments that were in place at the time established their own rule, but it wasn't based on anything other than one man's understanding of either right or wrong or whatever it is that they wanted to accomplish on their agenda. When we think about righteousness, we think about what is right. And a man's standard, here's how we judge righteousness. Okay? By man's standard, we have decided as an a community of people, what is right and what is wrong. And then we judge people by how well they can keep that standard. Now, because we are all broken people, that righteousness has varying levels, different degrees of of evil, we would say. And when Man shows that he is lacking righteousness in one area of their life. There are penalties for that, depending on the severity of the act. Now, if a person just has a temper and likes to yell every once in a while, not a lot's going to happen to them. They're going to effectively harm some of the relationships around them. But if they go out and, and steal something from someone, then there's going to be a higher penalty. Because man's concept of righteousness depends upon their action. And sometimes when we think about God's righteousness, that's what we think about. We think about our standard compared to God. Because you see, God is the standard for all the world. God is the standard for every community, for every person, whether they accept or believe or not. We can say that law doesn't exist. We can say that rules aren't in place. It doesn't matter. We're still going to suffer the consequence of sin. Scripture is clear. Be certain your sin will find you out. Whether there is a law written about it or not. But when God comes into the picture, he brings forth his righteousness, his perfection. And when we learn as a people not to depend on our own perfection and lean onto God and his perfection, what we find is a power and strength that carries us throughout our entire lives. We find something that we can depend on that never changes, that is always there. It stays with us. It brings comfort, and it brings strength, and it brings hope. And here's how I think it brings hope. We're in the season of Lent. And it's a wonderful time of the year as we, as we wait for the, the great day of celebration when Christ comes forth out of the tomb. Between now and then, Lent asks us to, to look within ourselves, to, to humble ourselves before God and say to him, you know what, here is my heart, let me give it to you. What can I do to be more Christ-like like you? And too many times we... 
encounter that question, I think, and we wind up harming ourselves because we set such a high standard for who we are as a people. We set such a high goal that, that sometimes those goals cannot be accomplished. And I think that's why sometimes during Lent when we, we take that one little thing that we want to set aside for those 40 days, that as those 40 days come closer to an end, that we can't wait to get back to what it was that we gave up. I think it's then that we realize that we are in need of something more powerful than ourselves. And see, and I see that in the story that Hank Williams wrote with his life. Have you ever heard of a guy named Luke the Drifter? Luke the Drifter, Marshall's grinning back there. She might have heard of Luke the Drifter one time before. Luke the Drifter is another name that Hank Williams went by. And here's why he went by that name. It was really unique, I thought. Hank Jr. Jun- loved to sing gospel songs. And I couldn't understand it because you got this honky-tonk guy over here that, that hangs out in the bars and the honky-tonks and plays country music and he doesn't live the Christian life. But he loves to sing something about God's amazing grace. That there's a part of him that, that is different from Hank Williams, the people that he hangs with, and the way that he's known by the general public. There's something that happens in the heart of man. And I think Hank Sr. exemplified not by his work, not by his righteousness, but by God's righteousness acting through him. He wanted to release a record that was country gospel in nature. But the record companies didn't, didn't want anything to do with it because they knew that their audience wanted the honky-tonk stuff. That's what they lived for. And the jukebox people, you know, because back in the day we all had jukeboxes everywhere we went, and, and they were scared that if they put one of Hank's discs in that had a gospel song on it, that somebody would go over and punch the button expecting one thing and get something else, and they would lose money. And you know what? That's... Marketing, that, that's a very good concept. I understand that. So Hank came up with this alter ego, this other identity, and he called him Luke the Drifter. Now, he never tried to hide that, that he or Luke the Drifter were two different people. It was just for marketing purposes that he wanted to do that because he wanted to deliver this message. And here is this man on that record. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe the sounds that were coming out of it when I heard that this man who, who can't stay sober the majority of the day is over here singing about God's grace and his need for God's presence in his life. And he sings songs about being careful of throwing stones from glass houses speaking about how important it is for us as a people, especially Christians, and especially at this time of year, to focus inward on our need from Christ instead of focusing on the needs that we see in others. 
one of those hard lessons. I laugh sometimes, so I don't mean this personal, but when I was reading about that this morning, a passage of Scripture came to mind and a minute toward myself. And when I read it, I said, I, I can't believe this because it says something in here that his son had written a song about later on. And it's First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. And it speaks to who we are as a people, and it speaks to us during this time of year, the change that we are to make in our lives. And it says this, and make it your own ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we are told. Now, I found that funny because Hank's son actually wrote a song called Mind Your Own Business back in the 80s. But if we're going to reflect on ourselves and our needs, then we have to spend more time out of everyone else's affairs. It's just the way that it works. It's productive that way. It gives us a peaceful life. You see, Jesus wants us to have the abundant life. But we take that from him so many times by doing these very things. Comparing ourselves to a standard that we're never going to meet instead of loving ourselves for who we are. And by comparing ourselves to others around us. Not saying in this position that they're better than me or I'm better than them. But spending too much time admiring what they have or what they have done with their lives. Instead of being focused on the blessings that God put in their lives at that time of day. And yes, to mind our own business. But I mean it like this. Not that anyone's being nosy. But when I am so consumed with the activities of other people around me, how they live, how they walk, how they talk, how they spend their money, how they do anything and everything, that I'm not focusing on the very things that God gave me. I think when God tells me to mind my own business, Tommy, what he's telling me is, Tommy, I've given you wonderful blessings over here. Stop looking over there because you're giving your life away. Experience Christ in the venue that God has given us. And we will experience life to its fullest extent. That's why Christ came into this world. Jesus said that there's two roads in life. One that's wide and one that's narrow. And he said the wide road will lead to destruction. But the narrow road that's the road that will lead to life. But it's taken by few people. You see, on that narrow road, it requires something from us. Discipline. 
stay focused on the mission God put before us. Whether it's to raise our kids, celebrate our kids moving away and starting life anew without them, moving forward into our careers, taking care of the very things that God gave us to enhance life. And if we can put away the righteousness of law and the standards and the expectations that man puts upon us and live in God's grace, we can have all that God promised. But those blessings come with a responsibility a duty, an honorable mission. And Paul reminds us in verse 9 that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says that anyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So where is the duty that we find in that? It sounds like a blessing. A blessing it is. It's the free gift of God. But the duty comes in the action of professing our faith. You see, when we profess our faith, we do several things. One, we confirm with our community who we are. And they recognize us, not just by our works, but by the profession of our faith. They know that we are Christian and we should be welcome in their house. And also by professing our faith, we we send out a message to a world that's shaky, that, that has difficulty making decisions and making stands. And what we're saying to them is this, that we are strong, that, that we can make a stand, that, that it's okay to stand before people and say what's important to us no matter our background and no matter our lifestyle. Because when we experience Christ, we all grow at different rates. I can't speak for you, but I think I can speak for myself. And I think Hank Williams spoke to us as well. when knowing in full reality his life's condition. He said, I see a light. 
that leads to a peace and a grace that is unknown to anyone in this world except through the Son. Scripture says that light came into this world and darkness did not overtake it. And it says that because of God's grace and his forgiveness, that I may not be able to boast about my goodness, but I can definitely boast about the things of God. He shared with us the very passions of his heart and how much he loved God and depended upon him. So let me ask you this. What does your heart declare today? Does it declare Christ crucified and God's grace so loudly and so boldly and so passionately that that even in your darkest of hours you find power and strength by calling on the name of Jesus? And does your faith speak into darkness words of hope and words of life? I'm going to owe you again. I'm running short today. But always remember, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that's how he proves his love toward us. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for the time that you've given us. And Father, as we prepare to close today, help us to remember that that we don't have to beat ourselves up over not meeting a standard, but because of your grace and your mercy and because of what your Son gave to us through that gift on the cross, that we can rise up in power and face today with hope and passion. And that we can take all those things in our lives that bog us down. Bring them to the cross, lay them down, and rise with power and authority and walk away knowing that we have received your gift of love. And help us to profess our faith in a way that exemplifies our relationship with you and in a way that shows the world our hearts and our gratitude for all that you've done for us in this life and for all that you have prepared for us in the life to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.